Hello, all you podcast people out there, podcast listeners. Welcome to ADD Masterminds, the podcast. Not to be confused with ADD Masterminds, the cruise. Wait, there's a cruise? I, I, I need know. to be on this. There could be. We should have one. Yes, we'll start I approve. A, we'll, we'll start a quick Kickstarter. Yes. <laughs> to do a cruise. <laughs> Seriously, every time a band says I have a big announcement, I just want to make the joke every time. So what, you guys are going to have a cruise? Right. Yeah. Oh, what was that sound? What was that sound? Is that what you said? Sorry. <laughs> Is there something like... Are you? So I'm, I'm not here. You nope. shouldn't have any predators. I mean, like, you're a predator, right? So there's, like, nothing yes. that eats Theosaurus rexes, is there? Um, you would think that, but there is... It's terribleness. It's called political correctness. It is our greatest enemy and hunts us down. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, so I, I want to quickly go through our um, ADD Masterminds Facebook polls because they're highly scientific. And they're going to give us the answers to everything because they're very scientific. Um, so we asked a question on April 1st, April Fool's Day, apparently. April Fool's. Um, do you know any heroes that do wear capes? Um, and so we had a great turnout for this one. Um, two votes. And both people that voted said uh, said yes. So we got oh. 100% yes on that. So turns out there are a lot of heroes that wear capes. Are there... Oh, we have a bunch of polls. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on to the next one, because I, I think that one... That one's really meaningful, but I, I can't even get into, like, the intricacies of that. Um, okay, so what's your favorite color? And the options were blue or red. I think we got all our bases covered that way. Yes. So we actually had eight votes on this one. That's, that's that at least twice as many as the last poll. I said at least, right? Um, yes. Yeah, so, and uh, 63% said blue and 37% said red. So if you think red is a better color than blue, you're weird. Correct. I would like to point out the, just the, the consideration that ADD Masterminds put into the poll by spelling things the normal and the American spelling. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so thank, you wouldn't want people to be confused. Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> Not a problem. That's what I'm here for. We, you know, here at ADD Masterminds, we speak both Canadian English and American English. So both the, the Canadian the right way to say things. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. Oh, wait, wait, wait. The other way around. Ah. Yeah, we'll say it American and we'll say it the right way. I mean, okay. like, you guys are the ones that took the U out of color. Like, come on. We don't need it's it. Like, it's like, oh, color, too many letters color. to type or calligraphize or whatever they did back then when they got rid of it. Right, but the thing with Canada is that there's a lot of French, and French just really just has, like, the first couple letters you pronounce, and the rest of it's just added on there. Oh, you know what somebody told me? So I was, like, in uh, B.C., British Columbia, in, uh, like, fruit country where you, like, can pick fruit and stuff. And there were, like, a bunch of, like, hippies from Quebec there, right? Really interesting mm -hmm. folk. And uh, this one guy said to me, hey, you know when they were um, first writing the French language, the monks that were doing the writing of the French language were paid by the letter. 
And so because of that, they used a whole lot of extra letters. Now, I haven't Googled it, nor do I ever intend to, because I just think that's great folklore. I love it. That totally makes sense, though. Greedy but monks. But since it's on the ADD Masterminds, I don't know if I can trust it. We are, we are the real news. We are the real yes. news. We are the real science. Get the truth here, guys. Speaking of truth, on April 9th, there was another poll. Um, that one hasn't closed yet, has it? No, it isn't. Never mind. Sorry. I mean, we could announce it. But it is correct. What though. is the poll? Uh, what's the better pet? We had eight votes as well. 12% said cat. 88% said dog. Wow. You know what? I don't have a dog, and I have two cats. And from this Richard Rohr book that I'm reading, dogs mm-hmm. can teach you a lot about being present. So kind of want a dog. I don't, think, I don't think I'm allowed to have a dog, though. So. That's, well, you should try to get one, though. It's fun. Oh, maybe I'll I just buy one and like put it in a box for Christmas. And then they'll be like, oh, and then it's like, oh, look, the kids are already attached to it. What can you do? One interesting <laughs> thing. Sorry. I was watching so, or I was listening to, it might have been the Ron Burgundy podcast, which I highly recommend. <laughs> it's, it's completely clean. Okay, I'm mm-hmm. kidding. It's got lots of stuff ah. in it. A Christian, you know, anyways, you know what? I'm just, I'm not even going to comment on that. But. I think it was Ron Burgundy podcast where he talked about getting a dog for someone for Christmas, but he forgot to punch holes in it, and so it was, <gasps> it was dead by the time. Anyways. Oh, it's really sad. Sad and funny. I like sad and it funny. It got to go up and see Jesus. <laughs> yeah, dog Jesus. Dog Jesus, savior of the dog world. You know there's a raptor Jesus. He's a raptor savior of the dinosaur world. Oh. Yes. Dinosaur all a, uh, theology. Mm-hmm. That's true. All right. Well, that's great. <laughs> yes. Okay, so I asked my Facebook friends, um, what's the difference between feeling shame and feeling conviction? Ooh, what did they say? All right. So here's some sample. I'm not going to use people's names because, like, mm-hmm. yeah. Conviction can be positive. Shame never is. Ooh. <laughs> I know, it's tough, right? Actually, I'll tell you what I said. We'll just skip up okay. to mine. I said, it seems to me shame paralyzes us, telling us that we are worthless, while conviction gives us hope, guiding us onto a better path forward. Hmm. Now I, I act- could see that. Yeah. Now, I actually got a response where someone had said... Um, you know, the word ashamed doesn't, isn't always a negative thing. Yeah. And so that kind of made me wonder, well, maybe I should refine it a bit and say, like, being ashamed leads to conviction and then conviction leads to repentance. Because I think that's what it is, is, like, conviction actually leads to repentance and that's why it's a positive thing. But shame, it's kind of like there's not really an action tied to it. Right. Yeah. Ugh. So I think one of the things, um, let's see how best, uh, how to word this, I guess would be a better way of saying it. One of the problems with uh, shame is that, well, I guess it's kind of along the lines where you said that there is no action along with shame. And that, well, actually, really, there's no positive action that can come from shame. Right. Shame tends to be, it's a sign that we've done something that we know is wrong. 
So right. I guess that would be our only positive thing. Outside of that, then there's only just loathing, self-hatred, self-doubt. Um, I don't know that shame oftentimes leads to conviction. I think it would be safe to say if... And this is We do this on the cuff, so I hadn't thought about this. <laughs> but if you had... Um, if you feel the need to do something because of whatever that feeling is, then I think that that's a sign that it's conviction. Say and that if it makes you want to do things that are maybe not necessarily Christian because of it, where you're not accepting grace and forgiveness or whatever, then I think that comes into the line of shame. Can you say that again? Yes. If so, I think there's a feeling, and there's a feeling that comes with like remorse or sadness, right? Or um, whatever. And if that leads you to wanting to change and to do something and to do something like more Christian or whatever the case is, then I think that's a sign that it's conviction. But if it, if you have this feeling and it leads you to pull away from other people and to self doubt mm-hmm. and self hatred, into um, just you know things that are non Christian in general and not the fruit of the spirit, then I think that's a sign that it's shame. Right. Yeah, could no. could be off. No, that, I think that's along the lines of what I was thinking. Um, yeah. Now, I got to say, out of all of this, um, on Twitter, um, Rob Houghton. Ah, friend of the show. Yeah. I'm kind of tempted to just call him Hottie. This is why he's hot. Can, can I call him Hottie? Yes. I think it's good. Okay. He actually just dropped some scripture, which I think basically solves it. <laughs> Who knew? Um, so it's uh, 2 Corinthians 7.10. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. Oh. Which I think is along the lines of what you and I were saying. It's yeah. just said, you know, more God-breathed and stuff. <laughs> right. Hey, so I, I was... Um, I was at uh, worship practice, and uh, my monitor was a little too loud, but mm-hmm. the electric, electric guitar sounded so good, even though the monitor was too loud. And so I turned to the guitar player, electric guitar player, who's young, he's like 15, and I said, Ooh, wow. dude, that sounds amazing. It's like an angel screaming in my ear. Once that came out of my mouth, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's a song lyric. That, you could do it. Stay, Make it into a song. Stay tuned. That, that, that may be coming. Like an angel screaming in my ear. Yeah. Now, is this like a, like a really epic angel, or is it one of those, like, like the cherubs, little half-naked babies? I'm thinking, like, I, hmm, I didn't think of too much about the angels so much as, like, it, I'm thinking it's a hair metal song. And so, I don't know, maybe the hair metal band all dress up like angels. Okay, that could work. Maybe. I like Kiss, except angels. So, I had the pleasure of going on a date with my daughter. Um, and she said something really interesting to me. She said that uh, she was, like, watching this video, and they said, The prettiest eyes, the prettiest eyes have cried. And the most beautiful smiles have experienced the most pain. Now, after she said that, I was like, so does that mean that ugly people don't have feelings? (laughs) 
I quickly kind of had to back paddle and say there's no such thing yep. as ugly people because all people are made in the image of God. But, like, my gosh, that joke really works. Yeah. Okay. How, how old is your daughter? She is nine. Ah, yes. Actually turning so, nine. But, yeah. I think there is a truth. to So I think that phrase is kind of, you know, romanticizing sorrow and suffering and stuff like that. Right. But I do think there is something to it in the sense that if we, like, when we go through stuff that's terrible, we appreciate the good times that much more. Right. And, um, and it's the people who, who do have that beautiful smile and they have experienced a lot of pain that when it is something, even a small thing, they're just like, oh, my gosh, so, so much. This is amazing. True. Um, you radiate. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that explains to people like Robin Williams, right? Because it's yeah. like, and I think anybody who walks into a room and feels like they have to hold the room up, <laughs> you know, right. they walk in, they're like, okay, I got to be the positive influence on everybody. It's like, as soon as it, they're by themselves, it's like, oh, all right, I'm not holding the room up, but there's no one to hold me up. Right. Because like they have to, even if it was just like one or two people, then it's like I have to be that strong presence for the other people, and so you yeah. can't really stop having to be that strong presence until um, you're all alone. But then by that time, you know you don't have anyone for you. Yeah, you ever time. feel that? Yes, I feel that too. Yeah, I find like I find it so exhausting, especially when I'm on my like doing field work. And, you know, I have to go hang out with strangers all day because I'm always figuring out how to have a really good conversation with them and almost entertain people. <laughs> I'm sure in sales that's it for you too, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, it's exhausting. And also, so, like, kind of from, like, my family background and stuff like that, entertaining, we have, like, very high standards with stuff. Yeah. And so it's, like, when, when people come over and, like, we have, like, a movie-type thing, well, we got to make sure that there's food and drink yeah. and stuff like that for everybody. Yeah. Um, I have a friend who his his friends are always having people over, but like they don't even buy food for it. And like, it's like yeah. here, have some tap water in here. I'm just like, oh my God, why are you doing this? But I can't really relax as much when I have people over. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, okay, I got to make sure that everything they're taking care of and all that kind of stuff. So, I don't know, maybe maybe the friends have some points. Theosaurus Rex is such a Martha. Yes. Sounds like I'm talking about sex in the city. He's <laughs> <laughs> such a Martha. Plus for Martha. Well, it's funny, uh, this Richard Rohr book I'm reading right now, The Universal Christ, which I agree with all of the theology in that book. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. It sounds terrible. Yeah, yeah, I know. It sounds it's, everybody gets everybody gets a ribbon, right? Um, yes. <laughs> but everyone gets you get a savior. You get a savior. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what was really interesting is he talks quite a bit about his dog Venus, and he talks about how his dog Venus teaches him about being present, and. Hmm. Um, you know, and it's just the way a dog is. You know, they're happy to see you. They wag their tail and stuff like that, and they just sit with you. Like, they're just content to sit with you. And he talked about even till death, Venus was just yeah. sitting there and content. And he's like, wow. He said the same thing about little kids, and it was really interesting. I was listening to a podcast on this book, and this lady was talking about... Um, how her husband 
kind of walked up to her and said, I, I have a word for you from God, right? And mm. basically she said, he said, it's like, and he, I don't know if I can do this justice, but I'm going to try anyways. But he kind of said, like, God said, I love you so much, and I love being with you so much that I am in, I kind of said, I'm in your child. Like, I am, I am working through your child, and I'm experiencing... Like, basically said, when you get home and the child is running to you and just wants to hold you, it's like he, God basically said, that's me. Like, that's me. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Huh. No, I mean, it's interesting because it's yeah. like, what, what? So, like, God's inhabiting this little child so that he can get a hug from, I don't know. It's weird. But right. the heart of it, I'm like, Wow. Like, I have a little, um, he's not really that little anymore, but I have a, um, my godson, he is a, um, I mean, when he was younger, especially like, you know, two or three, you know, he's just starting to walk whenever, the, I don't know, they did months for so long, I don't understand, anyway. Um, but there were, de- like, I would go over to the house, and then he would just, like, see me and just, like, dash into yeah. a run, yeah. and then just jump up and he'd want me to pick him up and I'd pick him up and he'd just hug me and he would just hug me for like like it seemed like hours but it was like I don't even care this is really cool this is awesome yeah and it was and so I was like wow this is this is the so I saw myself more along the lines of like I saw myself in the little kid yeah. and then myself more like how God is and he's just yes. like God is just he just wants us to be able to like run up to him and yes. not have to worry about all these little things yes he's the creator of the universe and yes he deserves our respect and everything like that but he also he made himself into a person so that we can you know run up to him and he just I like wow i have so much contentment just like hugging him and i just feel so loved and appreciated and you know so i, I didn't really do anything i just walked in i was like i didn't like give him gifts every time i came and stuff but it was just that having that love just so tangible yeah was a really cool thing for kind of I think understanding how God is and stuff. So it's interesting. So I've experienced from the flip side of what that lady was talking about. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I believe God's enthusiasm towards us is like that, you know, like she mm-hmm. said. But it's also like that's we need to delight in God, like you were saying, yeah. right? And it's like, how do we, and I mean, it's learning to be present. <laughs> I just think learning to be yeah. present is such a big thing. We spend so much time intellectualizing our faith, but there's something about contemplation and actually being in the moment and realizing that, like, God speaks through all of creation. Yeah. Like, all of creation. There is nothing that should be lost. You know, like, we should, if we're really plugged in, if we're really in the flow, it's like God is in everything. Um, you know, it's funny, hey, there's a, another thing my child taught me, um, and it's my oldest, when, um, when he was, before he was born, I would read to him, you know, while he was in his mother's womb, I'd read to him every night, right? Right. And um, so when he was born, um, I got to go over to where they were bathing him. And um, mm-hmm. his mother was left behind, you know, in the hospital bed recovering. And so I, I come over there, and he's crying, and he's crying, and he's crying. I think I even have video of this. And I said, it's okay, buddy. And he stopped crying. 
And I'm like, <laughs> what, is he, is he okay? And the nurse is like, no, 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 he's fine. He just, he recognized your voice. And I was like, whoa. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, it blew my mind. I mean, it's the weirdest thing, too. Fatherhood is the weirdest thing because it's like, you know that the child's mother has spent all this time being connected to the child. But the moment right. that child is born, it's like she's already got this connection because that child yeah. was part of her, right? And yeah. as the father, it's like, wait, this is my child? Like, it's just such a mind, like, it just messes with your head. Like, it's like, I don't understand what's going on here. And it, right. it's funny, I remember having that feeling just for a moment. And, like, it's like I don't even understand how I feel so connected to my children now, right? I guess nephews and nieces is kind of the same thing, too, where, like, when you meet them, it's like, I have this connection. You don't really understand how that works, but you know that it's your nephew or niece. Right. It's, it's really interesting, kind of following along that. I am reading a book, and I don't remember the author, but it's called Seven Myths of Singleness. Ah. And um, he talks about, and he, he's like a single pastor over in the UK. Um, but one of the things he talks about is that... Um, it's really important for single people to be a part of like other families and for other families to like invite single people in, but then for single people to try to be a part of it and to be able to, to spend time with the family because like, sort of good times and bad times with like little kids and older kids, because there's so much that um, can be learned from being around like little kids and from seeing yes. their interactions with their parents and yes. stuff like that. And, um, and that's one of the ways that, because I believe that some people are called to be single for you know the entirety of their life, and some people yeah. are called to be single for a, for a time of their life, and um, so it's a way that if we're living in community with one another, that God has allowed for those people with those callings at that time or permanently to to experience those things. Because you know, in First Corinthians seven, I believe it is no. It's, it's a Luke thing. Anyway, sorry. It's not in 1 Corinthians 7, but um, Jesus is talking about, you know. In the Bible. Know, if, yes. If you who are evil know how to give good gifts, how much more does your heavenly Father yes. know how to give things to you? Yes. And so family and the kind of interaction that we're talking about is is an amazing thing, and he wouldn't withhold that from people just because of their, their calling oh and whatnot. Gosh, and yes. I think it's just it's a really cool thing that I don't think the church the church is too busy trying to get people off and get married and not as much about like hey let's live in the moment and let's let's bestow some of the benefits that we can you know on these people just you know for whatever reason something that's really messing with my head too from Richard Rohr I like that I'm talking about this is like he's like the new Rob Bell anybody who's listening is heretic you shouldn't be talking about that guy but anyways um, one thing, okay, so he's, he's a priest, he's celibate, mm-hmm. and um, it was really interesting because he was talking about sexuality, and he basically said sexuality is more than genitality, hmm. which I'm like, I've never even heard the word genitality before, but I think <laughs> we all know what that is. Um, yes. So he said that there is something about sexuality and recognizing the beauty in someone else, and hmm. it's not even physical, like it's sexuality recognizing the beauty in someone else, being drawn to someone else, and having intimacy with someone else, but no genitality. And I was like, that's fascinating. So this guy who's been celibate celibate for all of his life still, 
believes that he can have a sexuality without a genitality. I'm like, huh. <laughs> I don't even yeah I don't even understand it, but I think it's something that's helpful too to men that are struggling with lust because it's like well there's more to it than that like there's you yeah. can recognize beauty and I think that if you actually legitimately seek beauty for all it's worth mm-hmm. there'll be less temptation to cheapen it yes kind of like how. You know, if you are, if you know you're going over to steak restaurant or whatever the yeah. case is, like insert name brand steak thing, then you know you're going to do that, and you know you don't have to worry about the money. You can get like that filet mignon or whatever it is that you particularly want. So good. You're not going to drive through McDonald's to do a pre-eat real quick. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Uh, fight the new drug. I think. I think it was fight the new drug on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I heard him in a podcast. I must have heard it in a podcast or something. But he was talking about, like, toilet water and how, like, animals eat, drink toilet water. And it's like, you know, if you, like, if you give somebody, if you, well, even my pets, like my cats, if I give them water, you know, like a water bowl, they won't drink from the toilet bowl anymore, right? Yeah. And it's like the same mentality Ah. that it's like you get, get it where it's good. Don't. Don't cheapen it. Don't go for the counterfeit, right? Right. Hey, so um, I, do you ever get into boy bands? Um, you better believe it. That was the way to get all the ladies back in the day. Wow. Yeah, I didn't. But I was oh. thinking about this. Um, Gaser Vocal Band was the original boy band. <laughs> and I was wow. just picturing the girls getting all crazy, and they're like, oh, Mark, he's just so funny. Mm-hmm. Did you like my lady voice? It was pretty good, hey? Yes, that was very good. I make and a they, good there lady. is that one dude with the really long hair. No idea. <laughs> I just know Mark Lowry. He's the comedian, and Bill Gaither is the guy that wrote a hymn that I've sung. Oh. Not going to Google it. We don't believe in the googly R. Hey, so I was listening to, I think it was a podcast or something. Somebody said, God is interested in the details of our life. Which kind of blew my mind because I legitimately am not interested in the details of anyone's life. What about your own? Yeah, you know, if I could get through life without knowing the details, that would be awesome. I'm much like I'm a bigger picture kind of person. I want to solve the right. world's problems. I don't really care about how I get to work. If I could do that without thinking, that'd be awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like the people that like to just like, yes, yeah, so I had to drive to the depot to catch the bus. And then I got on the bus and I sat there. Um, there was a blonde lady beside me. Yeah, I don't know. Like, there's just people like that, right? Like, you're like, uh, fascinating. Tell me more. Right. I'd rather, I don't know, figure out how to solve drug addiction. That'd be a more interesting conversation. <laughs> but it, it's interesting to me that God does care about the details of our lives. And I want to be more like that and be okay with people that want to talk about the humdrum details of their life. There is a lady at my work who likes to give us recaps of everything that goes on during the um, 
the week. She's like, well, on Saturday I woke up and <laughs> and then my my boyfriend was like, hey, are you going to get up? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and get up. And then I got up and then I went to the bathroom. And then it was like, oh, my God, I don't even know this. This is terrible. What are you doing? And then I know everything she's having for dinner. I know she went to the dollar store and she bought tampons and it's just all this kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> and it's just like, why, why are you sharing this in public uh, with everything? You know what I, I understand? Like, like I'm learning though. I can figure out ways to ask questions to make it more interesting. And I think I want to get really good at that so that I can help those people feel validated. Yes. Yeah. You ever heard uh, Adam Sandler's world longest P? What? No. Sounds terrible. It's pretty funny. No, it sounds horrible. That's that is something you should do privately. <laughs> it's just like a sound of pouring water. Nope. <laughs> I like, don't believe it is. And then the flow gets like heavier and heavier, and you're like, <laughs> "How is this even possible?" It's like, <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> Anyways, you guys Google that. You'll thank me later. Probably shouldn't listen to the rest of the album though. There's some like non-Christian stuff on that. And more people being. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else. I can cannot vouch for the whole thing. Okay. Actually, generally, anything I talk about, I can't vouch for the whole thing. Hey, um, and that's why we recommend it. Yeah, I have no idea where I. Sorry. (laughs) I just got you to repeat the song. All right. (laughs) Wow. Hey, so um, I heard somebody's preaching somewhere, somehow. I can't credit oh, whoever did this. They do that in Canada? Somehow they were preaching. They okay. were bringing the word. The and word of the Lord. <laughs> there's a difference between the word and word. Word up. I don't know if I did that right. No. I'll have to, have to ask Hottie if I did that right. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, so you're talking about um, the 12-year-old that was dying. I think it's Jairus's child, baby, right? And it's like, my my child is dying. And apparently that was a 12-year-old. You know what's crazy is the woman that touches the hem of Jesus' garment, Mm -hmm. you know how long she was bleeding for? How long? 12 years. Could those two numbers mean something? What does the number 12 mean in the Bible? Uh, well, there were 12 tribes of Israel. Uh-huh. That's about <laughs> the significance that I know. But what I... Okay, what was really interesting to me about this... Um, oh, you know what it was? It was Tom Greentree's book. Um, and it was all about... Um, it's about integrity, about uh, influence and integrity. And he talked about patience, having patience with people. And so Jesus... When we talk about we don't have time for people, and it's like what I was saying about like the, this lady you're talking about that wants mm-hmm. to talk about going pee and buying tampons. Yes. I don't have patience for that person because I got much more important problems to solve, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus is on Preach the it. way to go save a g- little 12-year-old girl that is dying. And this woman touches the garment of his robe. And he stops, mm. and he's like, hold on, somebody touched me. Who touched me? And the disciples are like, seriously, there's so many people in this crowd. There's no way you're going to figure out who touched you, Jesus. Like, this is ridiculous. Right. 
And then Jesus is like, I, I know somebody touched me. And then he figures out who it was and all that stuff, tells her she was healed. And in the meantime, while he's doing that, the little girl dies. And yes. it's like, dang, Jesus really dropped the ball there. But of course, raises her from the dead, right? Yes. But it was interesting. I've never really thought of that story in terms of God's patience and his ability to just put everything on hold. Like, if Jesus is able to stop on the way to save a 12-year-old girl from dying, Mm -hmm. to deal with a lady that touched his garment, it's like, I probably have time to hear the pee story from that lady. It's not worth it, though. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do it. I see. I would be tempted to go into the world's longest pee. Like say, hey, hey uh, speaking of pee, let's listen to this. Okay. Oh my goodness. I'm sure she'd be entertained, or she would never talk about peeing ever, ever again. I, 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 I wish that were the case. Although, so I might try that. Hey, did you see the picture of the black hole? Yes. There were a bunch of guitar picks in it. I saw the... Um, yeah, picture. I saw the guitar picks. I saw... Did you see the one where they, like, zoom out on it, and it's like a cat? <laughs> it's oh. like a cat eye. Oh, that was hilarious. Anyways, there's a lot of good stuff out there. Um, but I... I'm just not fascinated by that. I don't know. Is that weird? I'm just, yes. like, I don't get a, astronomy, and I'm pretty sure those who talk about it only pretend to get it. What do you think? I think, well, okay. I think a lot of people, what they do is they're just like, oh, it's a woman, and she wrote 2,000 lines of code, and therefore now I will learn all about this topic and then know it. Mm. As opposed to, like, the people who are like, oh, I've been, like, like actually watching this, and I've been waiting for them to kind of do stuff, and then, you know, kind of knowing about things. So some of it's more culturally, like, yeah, I'm cool because this has a great achievement for, you know, I can virtue signal about how woke I am. And then there are other people that are like, hey, there's this other guy who, like, landed a comet, like, landed a, a, a probe on a comet. And this is really cool, too. And so I've got, like, the two groups of friends who were, like, <laughs> whoops, as I hit the microphone, um, who have know, who know, like, everything. And then I have the other ones who are like, yeah, this is really cool. I'm all, I, I really love the science. Yeah, I I don't know. It's weird to me because, I mean, there's people that are like, I don't trust scientists. And I'm like, okay, well, like, who do you trust? Like, just the conspiracy theorists that are telling you scientists are wrong? And then there's people who are like, I stinking love science. I mean, probably not stinking, but there's like whatever. so much. Anyways, but I'm like, you don't even know what science is. What was it? Oh, there was like, uh, you say that you love science, but really you're just checking her out as she walks by or something like that. There was something to that effect. I'm like, that's totally it. Like, most of these people are just checking science out. They don't really Uh have an intimate relationship with science. They love the science. Yeah, I don't know. I'm like, yeah, I just, astronomy is just something I'm like, yeah, that's too hard to understand. I'm not going to spend time figuring that out. Um, I think it's really cool because you can, like, I like, I like, but I also, like, love science fiction. And so there's a part of, like, oh, just yeah, kind of knowing generally awesome. how it works. How it really works? Yeah, like, so how, Maybe. no, like, 
maybe not getting into like the, the physics of Star Trek, although my dad does have a book about that and it's very intriguing. But just like kind of understanding the basics of like planetary systems and stuff like that yeah. is um, helpful to appreciating sci-fi so much more. But as I learned recently, there are people who hate science fiction and hate the idea of the science and science in general. Those are probably so, the ugly, ugly people with no feelings. Yes. <laughs> and we can say that because they don't have feelings. <laughs> no, that's offended. like, and you know what? It's funny, like, to go back to that just for a second. Like, honestly, it's like people who live life to its fullest are vibrant. Like, it's not even a characteristic of, like, um, physical attributes so much as, like, whether people actually glow with life. Yeah. And it's like people who have actually experienced life will be glowing and they'll be attractive to you. That's true. That's why I love old people. I think old people are so cute. And I'm like, I hope I get cuter as I get older. <laughs> Woo! Hey, so one aspect of science I am really fascinated with is psychology. Like, I just can't stop yes. learning enough psychology. And uh, something Roar brings up is uh, Vel Velcro Teflon mind theory. And it's okay. like this idea that negativity sticks to your mind like Velcro. And positivity slides off your mind like Teflon. So for us to become more positive people, we really have to immerse ourselves in the positive. Which I thought was really interesting. And it actually plays into what I was saying before about like the... Um, lizard brain, the amygdala, and like this idea mm -hmm. when you're stressed, the way to lubricate your brain to cause you to actually start thinking creatively, cre creatively is to actually start, um, Sorry. start be gratitude, right? Start being grateful. Yeah. But it's like, it's interesting because it's like, it's, it's kind of like, actually, there was a uh, girl in um, Sunday school who used to like to say mean things about me, and I said mean things about her, and I don't know what was going on there, but um, we never dated, which is good. Um, yes. <laughs> but for whatever reason, she liked to single me out, and so I liked to like single her out too. Um, and I remember this one time, the Sunday school teacher said, okay, you said something negative about John, now you have to say three positive things. And I think that's probably based on the Velcro Teflon mind theory. For every positive thing you need, or for every negative thing, you need three positive things. Yes. Pro well, I think it may be more along the lines that... I don't know that I've seen it associated with like the Velcro Teflon thing, uh -huh. but I have heard that like for every negative thing that you hear you know you need like 50 attaboys to do like one negative criticism or you know 50 attaboys yeah that sounds so american Woo, come on come on give me 50 attaboys yeah <laughs> <laughs> to make up for Go. criticism though you need 50 attaboys it was something it's some like number like that and you hear it like a lot of times especially in like teaching or classroom settings or whatever or that oh, you have to have 50 compliments or positive things in order to counteract those negative things because it's that whole thing where, like, you know, you hear, oh, well, you're stupid or you're ugly, and then, like, that sticks with the person. 
and then it doesn't matter like your friends and family would say no you're not it's you're all good and whatnot but it's it that one thing that that one person said really sticks with you bt dubs there was only one positive i remember her saying she said i like his glasses i'm pretty sure she was lying <laughs> she's like i like glasses they make <laughs> him look more stupid <laughs> hey yeah actually she was really nice to me later like probably a couple years later she was like we're in science class together, and I was like, wow, science. you're not being a jerk to me. This is amazing. Um, I actually, I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast, which I fully recommend. Mm -hmm. There's no swearing or sexual content at all. Um, Are you sure? Okay, I, I lied. Sorry. Wow, all kids, this bamboo Kids, don't, like, don't listen to anything that I tell you to listen to. All right. Um, anyways, he's, he said something I thought was really interesting. He said, do you think Michael Jordan leaves YouTube comments? Yes. And he's basically saying winners don't have time for that kind of stuff. And so it's like those people that are always putting these negative YouTube comments, basically saying those people that are constantly criticizing, they are losers. Winners don't have time for that. But, okay, let me, let me challenge that real quick. Have you ever heard of President... I'm not trying to get political, but he's on Twitter all the time, and he won the election. <sighs> I'm not touching that. All right. Okay. So one of the problems we have with social media is that our incentive is likes. So if we have a situation where something terrible has happened... Yes. Our reaction to is to share it or put the oh. angry face on Facebook. That's how we solve problems today. And it's like likes is the incentive. And it's like, well, I'm just raising awareness. I'm raising awareness on this and stuff like that. And people become popular through that. People become popular through negativity. And it's like, that's the problem. Yes. Well, like, that's kind of, that's like the go-to for stuff like, and I don't think this is inherently political, but you know, you get all like whenever there's like a terrorist attack, well then yeah. it's like, well let's put on the Facebook filter, and then now we're done with this, and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. what if, what about like what caused it? Can we like look at like some other additional things because putting changing your Facebook filter to the flag of whatever country it is isn't actually doing anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh no, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. And so, so. I think that's also your other thing with the, um, how, what is it called? With like the Facebook posts and the likes and stuff like that, is it's it's getting attention and then it's making sure that other people can like see what you're doing, and can can um, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? It's so you're, you're going for likes, but it's also so that other people can see that you're a good person, that you're thinking about the things you're supposed to be thinking of. Yeah. You know, so transcending politics and all the other kind of stuff, it's just so that you can. Um, so you can be seen to be on the right side of like whatever the issue is within your group of friends and you know whatever it's interesting because like just the way that i use social media i think is kind of different from other people mm -hmm. and i mean like typically what i'm trying to do is make people think i mean that's that's why i posted that question you know what's the difference between shame and conviction right and so I do a lot of that. And then basically, like, on Instagram, most of the time I'm just trying to make people laugh. 
right? And it's just trying to be a like a positive influence and it's like whether and I mean like I don't know. I guess I guess I like having likes. But yes. it's like it's funny because there's a lot of people that don't interact because they're scared that they'll never stop getting notifications. Because there's just a lot of comments that come up, you know, when you pose weird questions, right? Yes. And so it's kind of interesting because there's a lot of people, too, that are just kind of, like, intimidated. They'll look at it and they're like, I wanted to comment, but I didn't want to look stupid. And I'm like, I'm, I, I asked the question. Like, I, I threw it out there. It's not like I'm, <laughs> I have a brilliant right. answer to that question, right? I'm like, I'm just throwing it out there. But it's kind of... asking. Sorry? You're like, I'm legit asking. Yeah. Yeah, I'm legit asking. That's a term that, you know, the kiddos use. That's what the kiddos use? I don't think so. Oh, so this is what I was thinking about. Um, I think I I made a post about this. I don't know if you saw it. But I said, what if we look at the movie The Matrix Mm -hmm. as an illustration of social media? Social media is The Matrix. And these corporations are harvesting us. Um, I was listening to an interview with the guy, a guy that used to be an advisor to Mark Zuckerberg, mm-hmm. and he said it's more than just our data they're harvesting from us, which I don't really understand, but it's like we're the engines that drive all of this profit of these big social media empires. But it's like we're drawn into this world, mm-hmm. right? And... People legit think this is the real world. I mean, this is why cyberbullying is such a big deal, and kids feel like they right. can't just leave because it's like, well, I'm in the Matrix. Like, I can't unplug from the Matrix. I'll die, right? Yeah. And I'm going to say it again. Social media is Sabbath. Everybody should be doing it. At least for... Now, so what does a social media Sabbath look like for you? It's a day away from social media. It's actually a day for a, away from podcasting, too. But, I mean, w- what podcasting and social media for me is, is me getting ideas out there. Mm-hmm. So if I take a day where I'm not getting ideas out there, I can remember that's not who I am. Mm. I can just be me without getting my ideas out there. Otherwise, 24-7, I'm just an idea generator. Or really an idea curator. It's not like I make all these ideas. Right. And so I I find it's healthy for me. Now, I mean, it all depends on what you are, right? Like if you're Mm -hmm. a person that's just like really into cat photos, it's like, yeah, maybe a day away from cat photos would be good for you, right? But I don't think it's healthy for people to be connected every day of the week. Like I think we all should be taking one day to be disconnected, doing whatever you do, right? Mm-hmm. Well, like I have a um, a friend who was recently posted was like, "Hey guys, it's a really difficult time for me in my life, and I just I don't know what to do, and I just feel that, and I you know still have my faith in God and everything, but I just feel so hopeless about things." And I was like, "Okay, so I, I know what you're talking about. So the first thing you need to do is to stop talking about, thinking about, following any sort of political stuff, and then B take some time off of social media." Hmm. Yeah. And his response was, oh, no, I can separate the political stuff like from my emotions in there. And no, social media is good for me because I can, um, I can get support from people. I was like, no, 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 you're not listening. You have to – it doesn't matter if you think 
that it doesn't affect you. It's still going into your spirit. And just trust me, take three days where you don't do anything yeah. news-wise. You just focus on the Lord, and you don't, don't get on Facebook or anything. Or maybe even just delete the app off your phone. So that way you can't quite get to it unless, you know, whatever. Yeah. And um, so I don't know if he's going to take my advice, but I think that's been really helpful um, to me in the past, doing that kind of stuff. I think you don't know what is hurting you until mm-hmm. you fast from it. It's like food fast. You're not going to know you're lactose intolerant until you fast from everything. Then you start phasing in the milk and cheese, <laughs> right? And then it's like, oh, my gut hurts. Oh, that's what it was, right? I yes, think we have to do that. I. It's almost like you got to fast from everything. There's a, there's a book on digital min- minimalism that I want to read about, and they basically told people to fast. I think it was three months or something ridiculous. It was a pretty long period. Oh, wow. And then, like, during that time, they thought, well, what do I need Instagram for, right? And it's yeah. like, well, I'm an artist, and I need Instagram to get visual ideas for my art. And then it's like, okay, now, how often do I need that visual stimulation to create art? Oh, once a week. Mm. So then they started only using Instagram once a week. I'm like, that is brilliant. I think that's an interesting idea to do a full-on detox. Yes. Might do that, that sometime. Intriguing idea. I've done mm. it camping, like gone a couple weeks without social media. Right. I actually, I also did like a fast from social media... Netflix. What was it? Social media, Netflix, podcasting, podcasts. Um, oh, my. Man, there wasn't much left. I read a lot of books. Woo. I got to say, though, after, like, I think it was a couple weeks and, like, just a couple days before I started up social media again, I was just craving yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> You're going through withdrawals. Yeah. Like, a lot of times I will, for Lent, um, an observation of Lent, even though I'm not Catholic, I will <laughs> fast from social media. And yeah. um, so this year I opted to not do that um, and to just completely reduce um, my social media participation. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, but it's been, it's really interesting to kind of see, like, because remembering back, like, last year and the year beforehand and stuff like that, I would go in there and then I would like, because I don't really, I don't really watch the news. I, I don't really watch the news at all. I find it depressing. And I don't um, like look up, I don't read the news on like websites or whatever, whatever. So the kind of logging on after those 40 days or whatever and seeing people talk about stuff, I'm just like, whoa, what, what is this? When, when did this happen? How did this? <laughs> oh, this is, imp- and it's just, but I was like, oh, I'm so much happier and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And then I'll always read through because like, we're kind of in that period to where when I go back and look at like the Facebook history, you know, I can see where the different um, uh, Easter's have come in. So afterwards, you know, then of course you get back on it. And I just see like kind of my posts afterwards and it's always very different than my posts like leading up or beforehand or whatnot. Interesting. So it's been an interesting uh, social experiment for myself. All right. I got another, I got another Richard Rohr thing. Um, what makes something pornographic is to take a part and pretend that's the whole and to idolize the part instead of the whole. Now, I thought that reminds me of like a Dr. Seuss saying. 
<laughs> hey, I'll read that again. What makes something pornographic is to take a part and pretend that's the whole and to idolize the part instead of the whole. Now, at first I was like, okay, well, what's the whole then? Because you're saying if I, if I worship the whole, that's okay. Well, we have to then recognize the whole as within the context of God, right? Mm. So, like, okay. let's, let's make this really... Um, is benign the right word? Yes. Passive, like <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So let's make this really benign. Let's say it's birds. I'm like super into birds. It's weird. Yeah, birds. So instead of worshiping the great bald eagle, we're not, getting, we're not getting political. Um, <laughs> so instead of worshiping the bald eagle, instead I realized the bald eagle was created by God. And, and, and I'm able to look at that within that context and be like, wow, the design of the eagle, like the designer is amazing. And so if we can look at everything that way, we're not making it pornographic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really like that. I feel that that does leave options for abuse. Uh, like if people are like abusing it and using it as like almost an excuse for stuff. Huh, but, interesting. Because then it's like... Um, so it means you can watch the uncensored Game of Thrones because yes. you're looking at it within the context of God creating all those naked people? Or, or you know, it's within the, the idea of... Um, within the whole context of the story and in the world that exists. And the reality is, you know, people do visit brothels. People... People do get raped. Yeah. People do have loving relationships as well. Yeah. And so kind of so and that's kind of a like a side thing, but I feel that it's an interesting thing. I have to ponder more on that. Because it, it could be quite permissible if you take it a certain yeah. way. I see what you're saying. That's something to think about. All right, so I don't this was something I think I was cycling through. Let's test this out and see if this makes sense. God is the Father. God is love. Christ is the only way to the Father. The way of Christ is the cross. The cross is surrender. Surrender is giving up on being driven by ego Admitting ego has gotten us into trouble in the past. Accepting a clean slate due to the sacrifice of the cross results in love emanating from us along with other good stuff. I like how I ended up with good stuff. Hmm. Does that make sense? So, in short... Yes. Um, the way that you began to kind of word it, I thought you were. I started thinking logical proof because you were kind of like you're building on one another. Yeah, I but, totally. Yeah, it is kind of like that, isn't it? But it's not really a logical proof because you're not getting into like. Some, I mean, in that case, some of the things are are um, they're extra, not really relevant to the thing. But I like kind of, or I like the way that you. I like your conclusion. I like the good stuff part. It's very <laughs> theological. 
<laughs> and as someone with a master's degree in theology, I can approve of that. Um, I know. I like how it's like I'm trying to be all intellectual and that I end with good stuff. <laughs> yes. I didn't even re. I think I just wrote this and didn't really rework it, and then I put it in the master list. Okay, so, so I, I do. I'm, I'm intrigued by the part about giving up on being driven by ego, mm-hmm. and then admitting ego has gotten us trouble in the past. Yeah, so that seems like you need to flip flop those because first you need to admit that ego has gotten you into trouble, and then giving up being driven by ego. Because that's, uh, that's repentance, right? That's recognizing your sin. I'm mm-hmm. putting it in more psychological terms than Christianese yeah. terms, right? But then again, it's that whole idea of do you need to get perfect first? And like, under, like or sorry, yeah. go back for a second. It's a, look, you got to stop being driven by ego. It doesn't matter whether or not you realize and understand fully that it's wrong. You just got to stop. And then once you stop, then we can go and begin to look at like, and you understand, okay, this is why I'm stopping. This is why this is wrong, you know, et cetera. So actually, I don't mind it being in that order. Okay, you know what I'm going like, to do is I'll post uh, this on Facebook and people can comment on it and tell me if I need to refine my proof or whatever we want to call it. Okay. I will get on there and I will criticize it strongly. Sounds good. Yes. With gallons of criticism that wasn't there. <laughs> when you are during this talk honestly i am cool with that i like being challenged so i'm okay with people critiquing it and helping me make it better as long no, as those, those are just people are hate. okay with me saying no <laughs> you know wow. what i mean you know what i mean though it's like okay yeah you critiqued it but you're wrong <laughs> wow it's almost like you're saying like facts don't care about your feelings <laughs> You're just ready to utterly that destroy was, people. That so was my other care. post, right? Feelings don't care about facts. I could see you were trying to segue into this. Or were you? Maybe. All right. So I, I made feel that like every time we've talked about people being utterly destroyed, and we haven't gotten to that point yet. <laughs> we haven't made that joke on this episode. <laughs> so it was a double entendre, but not really an entendre, more of a double meaningly thing. <laughs> Okay, so the reason why I posted this um, was because it was actually someone was talking about something political, so we won't get into that. But what was really interesting is they were saying, like, so you're faced with someone who has an emotional argument about something, Mm -hmm. right? You present them with the facts. They aren't being rational. They will not hear what you have to say. However... If you counter that emotional argument with a different emotional argument, you've got a better chance of getting through to that person. So even if we looked at this from like a theological Hmm. point of view, if I was trying to witness to someone who's like, I'm an atheist, I was hurt by the church. Yes. Right? And instead of saying, well, that's dumb. But it's true, right? It's like God didn't hurt you. That person hurt you, right? Instead, actually coming to them with compassion and, you know, being able to say, well, like, Jesus is really hurt by this too or whatever. I don't know. I'm not really, I don't have great advice for that. But 
Ask the Holy Spirit. I'm sure he'll give you a good way of approaching it. Um, But I I think that's what was really interesting about the book The Shack, because it talked Mm -hmm. about that pain, and it had kind of a different different look to at like instead of that whole sinners in the hands of an angry god it was more like mm-hmm. we're the ones that crucified christ it wasn't like god yeah. needed blood right which i think yes. is really interesting i mean there's so many ways into the gospel mm-hmm. and i know most people are like well there's only one way and i'm like well there's only one way is jesus but jesus can meet us where we're at right right well that was going back to the shack just real quick um you know, people were like, oh, why is, why is God a, a black woman? You know, it's like, well, because in his life, that was, you know, he could... It's what he needed. He could, yeah, thank you. Because he had daddy um, issues. And so God, is, exactly. as a daddy, would not have worked for him. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. I, you know, I love narrative. I love how narrative speaks to us, how art speaks to us. Mm-hmm. And it's like art says things that just straight up saying it won't work. And I think that's why feelings don't care about facts. It's like, okay, so you've got a person with feelings. Maybe figure out an artistic way of approaching them rather than trying to be all logical and scientific with them. Right. And, I mean, it's, it's just it's funny because, I mean, the pushback of facts don't care about feelings is because people are so emotionally driven they're not being rational. Mm-hmm. I get it, but we're also human beings, and there's three parts to being human, right? And right. what is it? Spirit is feelings? I don't know. Body, mind, Yeah, the spirit. body, yeah, yeah, yeah. It would mind, be, and soul. I guess it'd be spirit. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, body, soul, spirit. We do have to speak to that. I mean, you think about personality types, too. I mean, I'm, I'm the feelings guy, right? I'm a four. I'm in the individualist, the romantic um, they say my personality type is feelings. So it's kind of interesting because it's like I, I love facts and I, I will al- try to align with facts. But I also am very much an empath. And mm-hmm. it's funny. I've hesitated to call myself that because I never think I'm being empathetic enough. Mm-hmm. Which actually is really funny, too, because is it what I think it's personality type one is the perfectionist. And if you ask them if they're a perfectionist, they'll be like, no, because I never have it perfect. Uh, I don't know that's number one. They're the reformer. Oops. So the reformer may be a perfectionist. I haven't fully delved into it. It might be the reformer. reformer. I think the reformer is a perfectionist because the reformer is trying to make everything perfect. Um, But I would say it's the same thing like with empaths. It's like if you're an empath, you probably never think you feel enough. And, I mean, that's why, like, melancholy is the joy of sadness and i'm Mm -hmm. like oh my gosh i love sad stuff i'm like i feel like i need to i know i need to feel pain in order to Mm -hmm. be motivated to change things and so i want to understand other people's pain and anyways you know it's funny i was going to mcdonald's and um i i needed to get um it's like A McDonald's breakfast sandwich, right, without the bread, basically is what I wanted. And I was told, it's like, this McDonald's is terrible. Like, they, the service is terrible. So I was kind of prepared beforehand, and it was like, so so ask for a breakfast sandwich, um, no bread, get it wrapped in a cheeseburger wrapper. And I'm like, okay, that's what I'm going to ask for. So I go to make the order, right? 
but I'm standing in line and there's like a lady. Have you seen that meme? There's always these memes about the lady with like the haircut or short at the back and it's long at the front and she's yes. always the person that complains to the manager. Uh-huh. It was totally yep. that lady. Like she looked like that lady. I was like, "Oh, oh." Uh-oh, Uh-oh, it's Becky. true. It's a scientific fact, guys, that anybody yep. who has that haircut is going to talk to the manager. Anyways, mm-hmm. actually, she didn't talk to the manager, but she was giving the lady g- grief. So, anyways, yes. the lady is like, and she's got a bit of broken English thing going on. She's like, uh, the lady says, like, the sorry, the um, server had a broken English thing going on, right? Yeah. And so the lady's like, no, I asked for milk. And the lady's like, I uh, I put milk in your coffee. And she's right. like, no, I didn't want coffee. I just wanted milk. And then she's like, oh. Uh, and it, I think it took her two or three times to say that before the lady got it. Right. So then she brings over a bottle of milk, and the lady's like, no, I want, do you have anything bigger? Like, do you have a bigger thing of milk? And I'm like, oh, my God. Gosh, I am just like my heart is sinking and I feel so sad for this server. Right. Like the whole time. I'm like, she's bad at her job, but I feel bad for her. <laughs> so yeah. so then, you know, I get my order and it was actually was multiple sausage and eggers, right? And they put them in those large containers, which is what we hate, is like the mm-hmm. whole like it's like the pancake container. And, oh, worse. and wrapped it in lettuce, which you don't want to lettuce what? on one of these breakfast sandwiches. Pretty gross. Why? Why would they do that? So anyways, I took it, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not even, no. She's had a hard day. And I just, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't break it to her that she didn't do it right. <laughs> but why it's would just, you wrap it in lettuce? I don't know. It was gross. I was like, no, no. <laughs> uh, that's very interesting that you bring that up. I had kind of the the opposite kind of situation happened. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm in purchasing, and so I, I purchase things, and then they get received in, or we, they arrive at the plant, and then someone's job is to receive it into the system. Right. And we have MRPs and, like, different, anyway, we have stuff that we've, that monitors, you know, our inventory and stuff like that. And so I have inventory based on certain things and, and our POs and all this kind of stuff. So it's all this whole system and it works when things are done correctly so all my numbers were off and it looked like we had had like thirty thousand more of this item than we were supposed to have and that things weren't being shipped in there so it was a real chaotic time and everything and i was just like we were at our team meeting and i was like we need these people to start being confident i can't deal with this incompetence anymore Uh you know you just you enter the things in and you receive them in based on the due date it says on there et cetera et cetera and uh, so it was this whole big thing, and everyone else was complaining about the people. So our boss steps out of the room, and it turns out that one of the receiving people was passing out stuff, you know, in there. And so he said, come in here for a second. And um, he was like, so go ahead and pull up the screen, and let's see what you do, because we're not understanding why certain things aren't being done. So she opened it up, looked it through, and there is no date on there for her to know, like, what date things are supposed to be received in. And so after spending, you know, half an hour complaining about these people because of incompetence and just, you know, whatever, it turns out that they didn't have the tools to begin with to be able to do the job the way that should be. And everyone there was like, oh, we are terrible human beings. So it was kind of like the opposite problem with the the other stuff. And it's like when you 
see what the people are going through or like all that kind of stuff, then you have to watch out. And so like working in retail for a while, I have significantly more empathy for people in retail. And like when stuff isn't working or coupons don't work, and I'm just like, okay, cool, whatever. Yeah. But then in different areas, I'm, so this is what, that was kind of a wake up call for myself. It's like, oh, okay, maybe I need to apply that same grace that I have for people in retail and the other stuff. But I think part of that from my end is understanding and having been in that position. It's yeah. easier for me to empathize with them. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, and I think that's what I'm finding really interesting on like just internet discourse in general. And it's mm-hmm. similar to even, I, I watched that series on the war on Vietnam, the Vietnam mm-hmm. War. It was the Ken Burns documentary, mm-hmm. which has a lot of dead bodies. I'm like, I never watch shows with actual dead bodies, but yeah, there's a lot of it. Um, mm. Just a warning. I'm going to warn you about that. Um, but, you know, the names that they had for the Vietnamese, you know, the Viet Cong, and, mm. and um, just how they were able to dehumanize them before they went over yeah. and, like, burned their villages, right? And then right. on the flip side, because what's Did cool about this documentary is it shows both sides, right? On the right. flip side, the Vietnamese were told, these Americans are bandits. Mm. <laughs> Basically saying they're not even legit. Like, this isn't a legit soldiers. These guys are breaking the law by coming over here. And so I think a lot of our internet discourse is like that, where we label yes. people, and once they're labeled, they're not human anymore, and they're fair game. And so, yeah, I don't know. But it, it's just funny to me is, like, just how I react to things mm-hmm. because I will overfeel to the point right. where it's like, well, you know what? It's okay. I'll just pull the lettuce off. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I think we're just about out of time here. Um, no. Quick word from our sponsor. Um, it is the snow has melted here in the Great White North, and um, I think you guys probably have bicycles, you know, going more often than we do. Yes, we do, especially in some of the downtown areas. So um, Acme's now come out with the laser bike light. Um, Whoa. Yeah, and you can set the intensity. So, I mean, if those drivers are really making you angry, you're mm-hmm. going to turn up the intensity a bit. Ooh. And as with any Is other Acme laser, it can be used for light or as a weapon. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. Um, maybe I sh- should have a disclaimer or something. Yes. It's on the website. Okay. Acmelasers.com. Is it is that with an S or a Z? It's with an S. Actually, the Z works too. So. Oh, they bought both domains. Yeah, they did both. Very nice. They, they heard that you keep asking that, and so they're like, you know what, we're gonna fix that. Okay. Cool. Okay. Just one more thing. Yes. So, um, kind of talking a little bit about like I guess maybe it's a melancholy thing. But um, I was thinking about, like, how there's so many worship songs that talk about valleys. Yes. I grew up in B.C., and British Columbia is known for being very mountainous and beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so you're driving on these winding roads, and when you see a valley, I always think, that valley is really beautiful. I can't get past that. Like, worship songs are saying valleys because valley's bad, right? Yeah. 
But right. I was thinking it's kind of funny that I think that valleys are beautiful, and yet I'm also the person that likes sad stuff and thinks sad stuff <laughs> is beautiful. I don't know if that's connected, but that's weird. You know, now that you think about, or now that now that you mention it, and I think about it, there is like so I, I work at this retreat thing, uh-huh. and um, so I live on the on one side of the mountains, and this retreat thing, one one of them is on the opposite side of the mountains. So I actually have to go through the mountains, and there are little overpasses that you can just go in, and I every time I stop, at, you know, I'm late for the meeting, you know, for the <laughs> retreat or whatever, and I stop and take a picture because especially when like the trees are out and like the trees are blooming and that kind of stuff. The, the valley is so awesome. Now I have to think about this more. Whoa, okay, hold on, though. Okay, so being in a valley probably sucks. Yes. But looking back on a valley, it's beautiful. Oh, that's it. I'm just going to leave that there. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Woohoo! Everybody, all of you. Every single I'm not even going to say how many. There's a lot, like lots. Hundreds. Yep. Of dozens of people. <laughs> I actually don't know. I just I come on and, and say things. Catch you on the flippity floppity. Toodaloo.